Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome to the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On tonight's show, we got a little bit of news and notes from around the league, not too many. Uh, We are definitely and obviously going to get into the Super Bowl, break that down. Uh, We'll give you our picks for sure, and then we will dip into our way 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 too early top five wide receivers for this coming nfl fantasy season kevin how you doing buddy doing good nearing the end of my cold unfortunately my mom now is in full bore which is a worrisome at 85 but it seems everybody up this way and in, in, in south central pa is sick how are things down your way we're fine kevin we're fine it's all positive here it's, it's all not positive. here it's it's, it's it's incredible. Sickness. It is Sickness. it is wildly fascinating for me that no matter what, you can come up with something super negative to start a podcast. It's it is negative. Negative just like all your stupid pretend Eagles fans that live here and also in South Central PA. Got nothing to do with me, my friend. Well, for those of you not whatever. watching, uh, just listening to the podcast, I uh I'm flashing the the Minister of Defense, Mr. Reggie White. Uh, rocking that jersey right now. Hopefully, we can uh, summon some of his good spirits uh, to help us win the Super Bowl. Man, I, this guy was insane now, as a was, rookie. He's what? a little before your time. By the time uh, you were actually, old enough to be out of yeah. diapers, he was playing for the Packers. His rookie year was the year I was born. That's what I'm um, saying. How could you barely? That, you've only probably seen highlights of him with the Eagles. Uh, well, whenever I very first started watching football and became a fan, the Eagles were my very first and only team I've ever been um, a fan of. And it was about 1991, 92. Those were his last uh, couple years in Philly. So I did get to see a little bit of it. But uh, I loved him in Green Bay. There's a play when, when the Packers are going up against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, when he brings that big right arm and clubs uh, their right tackle and just throws him on the ground to get uh to get a sack it's um he was impressive man 13 sacks as a rookie then 18 then 21 then another 18 <laughs> there's no way anyone has more than that that many sacks in the first four years now i don't know that to be 100 percent true but come on that's incredible so, so i was dominating people with super techmo ball with reggie white <laughs> and uh and jerome Randall brown fellas, while you were still sucking your freaking thumb uh not much of a thumb sucker uh I wasn't <laughs> personally, but, uh, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> the way you said that <laughs> didn't sound right. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, one thing I want to say that we missed last week, we, we should have gone over was a pretty significant, in my opinion, coaching um, signing was the Miami Dolphins picked up Vic Fangio. This guy's been a defense and to be their defensive coordinator. He's been a defensive coordinator since 1995. Now, he had a break in the action. I actually think he was, what, linebacker's coach for your Ravens? At some point, yeah, a while back. Yeah, yeah. For like maybe three or four years. He's had a top-scoring defense 10 times 
which, oh, it's been since 1995. Yeah, but eight of those have come in the last 11 years. Um, last year, Miami was 11th in points scored, but 24th in points given up. Their five final losses, mm-hmm. including the playoffs, were one-score games. Uh, the Dolphins were def- were terrible defending the pass, and guess what Vic Fangio is great at? Designing defenses to defend the pass. I think this is this could catapult Miami up to the – I'm not going to say they're going to dethrone the Bills just yet, but the Bills have shown some weakness, some chinks in the armor. So, and Miami, you know, they they made the playoffs this year. So, don't be surprised to see them there again. You know, maybe for the next few years. Could be, could be. Still got to have the horses to pull the wagon. I, on that same note, uh, I believe yesterday afternoon, Brian Flores was hired as the new DC up in Minnesota. Same thing. You have yes. this offense yes. who scores, can at least at times score at will, but a defense who was, I think, 31st in the league in yardage, 31st in the league in points given up, uh, just awful. You score 33 points and you still lose. So that's another big one. And I guess his lawsuit continues through all that, but um, don't really know about all the ins and outs of that. But, yeah, that's another big defensive hire. Well, oh, yeah, there's another the thing we missed last week. What's that? Well, real quick on the Flores thing. Go ahead. The one thing that's the one thing that's interesting about him though is he's never actually been a defensive coordinator. That's correct. Yeah, I mean he's been a head coach for three years for the Dolphins, but other than that, he has not been a head coach. Which he got screwed. Got the screws put to him on that whole deal. Yeah, that was he's such been, a weird thing, man. So stupid. But um, you know, neither one of us were very happy when he got fired. We thought it was very foolish. Um, we completely skipped over the Devonte Smith. Catch not one handed catch not catch. We didn't you know even, why? Yeah, you probably we, yeah. We were talking were so many other things yeah. we just didn't think about, it and how it's the only sport in the world that they you can just hurry up and continue play to 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 thwart the referees. Something needs to be done with that. And I mean the the dead giveaway when he gets up and starts banging his fist together like this. Yep. It's first off. Hats off to you, Devontae. What a smart play. Well, yeah. Um, and good for the offense for seeing it, running down and, and running a play within seconds. I don't know how the offensive linemen even get down the field that fast. Yeah. I mean, they were moving. And the only thing I can come up with, and and I think they said it on the broadcast, was that the angles that we were seeing on the broadcast is exactly what they were seeing in New York. And by the time they showed the angle where you could definitely tell he dropped it, the play had already been run. So, right. But that's, again, why there should be something to stop the yes. play for 20 seconds. I mean, you have sports now like like the NBA, soccer. Well, they'll actually continue play. And then when the time stops, they'll actually go back and look at something that happened right. and, and and make changes to them. I don't know what, what, what you would do, but they got to do something because stuff like that is just too much. It has too much effect on games, but it's all good in the hood. If you can immediately stop a play for a suspected head injury, <clears throat> surely you can stop to check right. the, check the replay. It, it doesn't, and they, they people say, "Well, we'll make the game too long." Well, it only comes up a handful of times. I'm not suggesting right. you do it for every holding call. There's holding on every play, but it's something like that. I just, I just, I don't get the subjectiveness of when you're going to do it. And a team said that you don't even have to be subjective, can just hurry up and hike the ball and it doesn't even matter. And guess what? Nobody cares. The NFL is king. You could stop the game 12 times for 15 minutes a pop and everyone would still watch. Of course they would. It doesn't matter what you do. Because I don't usually want the games to be over. I'm usually annoyed when the games are over. 
I mean, absolutely no one cares about the All-Star game, by the way. The the quote yeah. Pro Bowl that just I happened. I watched roughly zero what? minutes of that. I actually watched a few. It, the <clears throat> events they had were very slightly more entertaining than the game itself because of what the game turned into. Basically a glorified two-hand touch scrimmage. Um but yeah, gosh, what a what a huge waste of time. And we talked last week about how embarrassing it is who actually gets voted into the Pro Bowl. It's just pointless to do any of it, honestly. It sure is. Oh, and um, to touch on something from last week, we talked about them having um uh, for the quarterbacks having that extra spot. It turned out that was a rule through the mid 90s is when it stopped because really? back then you could only dress 46. They had this 47th you could have a third quarterback. But once they upped it to 53, they got rid of that altogether, figuring a team, if they really have to, they can have three quarterbacks. Well, because of things with the union, because of safety and all this stuff, and everybody and their mother leaves the game with a hangnail, um, now that sort of run its course too. So they really should think about adding this again. It was on uh, PFT today. Florio was talking about it because Christian McCaffrey brought it up. Of course, most of the morons that follow him uh, didn't understand what McCaffrey was saying. Uh, that they thought I didn't you, know that they thought that you can't. Some of these people think you can't have a third quarter. Well, you can have seventeen quarterbacks on your roster if you want, but then you yep. you don't have that depth. And then the NFLPA is crying. So just add it. How hard is it? Just add the fifty fourth for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, again, I mentioned this last week. You you deserve credit uh, because I thought that was a fantastic idea and it's so simple. Um, in, innovate simple yet innovative and uh that i didn't know that that was a rule in the 90s so thank you for that my favorite quote of the week was sean payton in an interview when a reporter said hey uh russell wilson has his own coaches and personnel that come with him into the building and have access to all this stuff how do you feel about that and he said i don't know i never heard of that that's foreign to me it's not going to happen on my watch oh my god love this Absolutely loved it. I am so pumped for this. I don't even care how it turns out. I, I just, it's so great. Oh yep. man, thank you. Sean I love Payton. it too. Thank Put, you. Putting Russ in his place. We discussed before the show. You had not realized this that Russ is, from what I'm reading, the only player in the league that has his own private office in the building. Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, he that's hasn't be said Sean no to that coat yet. Closet. But I imagine that that's next. That that's coming. I mean, it's just the diva status of the dude is ridiculous. It'd be one thing back when he was winning and making Super Bowls, but now, how, how do you really? How do you play? How do you? How do you play it off to your teammates? I'm so important. I have, my own office. I have my own crew. They get their own rules. And see, here's the deal: if he rolled out there, like you said, if he was winning Super Bowls, if the Broncos were still in it right now, no one would care. No one would say anything. Tom Brady's, his trainer, had free reign or whatever, I'm pretty sure. And that's under Bill Belichick's watch. He did at one point, but then Belichick kicked right. him out the right. building, yeah. Right, but he but he did at least he for did a little at one bit. one point, yeah. Right? Tom Brady's doing his thing. If you if you were winning championships, or at least even in the running since it's your first year in Denver, I bet Sean, Sean Payton turns a blind eye. But you're not, dude. No. So, sorry about you. No, you got your limp finger and you can't throw a football yeah. anymore, so you best... Best start winning some games again, throwing up some stats before you uh, continue the diva status. It's going to be interesting to see how it happens. Uh, uh, if Russ is going to embrace all this or if they'll just butt heads right from the beginning. 
it's going to come down to ownership, right? Because ownership brought in the $250 million man, Russ Wilson, but they also brought in Sean Payton. So they brought in both guys. Who are they going to side with? Because at the end of the day, it's going to come to ownership. If if they want Russ to have that stuff, they put that word down, and then Sean Payton's hands are tied or he quits. So yeah, I think you got to side with the Super Bowl winning coach over the Super Bowl winning quarterback. But we'll see. Like you said, it's going to be a, a nice little uh, off-season story to keep keep tabs on. It certainly is. I'm excited about it. All right, sir. The Super Bowl. I I'm trying to be very excited. I'm trying to be positive. Normally, I'm very pessimistic when it comes to my real NFL team and my all of my fantasy teams. But the Eagles have made it difficult. Third highest scoring offense in the league. They were ninth in passing, third in rushing. Um, and this was all with Hurts missing two games. They had the most rushing touchdowns in league history, counting the playoffs. They're the eighth best scoring defense. They were second in yards, and they had the most sacks in the league by, what, 15? Interestingly enough, the team that was second in the league in sacks were the Kansas City Chiefs. They're also first in the points scored, first in yards, first in passing yards, only 20th in rushing yards, but you got Patrick Mahomes. Who cares? Now, their defense is where it slides a little bit. Philly Philly was good on both sides of the ball. Chiefs had the 16th best scoring defense, 8th best rush, but not very good against the pass, only 18th there. Um, the interesting thing, and the last thing I'll t- say about the Chiefs is, they were second in the league in sacks, like I mentioned, behind Philly, but somehow they gave up the 18th most passing yards and the most passing touchdowns in the league. So they, it seems like basically they got a sack, or the other team completed the pass. It's odd to have that many sacks with that, I don't want to say poor because it's middle of the road as far as passing yards go, but to give up that many passing touchdowns, that's interesting stat. And I know what you're going to say. Go ahead and say it. Is it simply because the Chiefs are up by 28 every game? So yes. that, that happens. But I, I, I guess you've seen by now that on the season that the Eagles and the Chiefs scored the exact same number of points. How is that possible? I don't know. Oh, with the playoffs? I Counting the playoffs, yeah. possibly. Okay. Yeah, they're both at the that. exact same number now. So gotcha. um, so that sort of goes out the window because teams are behind the Eagles a lot, too. The Eagles just have a way better secondary. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's one of those things that when you get to the Super Bowl by then, it's the whole cliche that you can just throw all the numbers out because they really don't matter at this point. You've got the two numbers weeks to prepare. Don't. You've got two weeks to but heal. But the personnel does. Yes, personnel does. So uh, Sneed is back, so that's going to help. There, uh, Andy Reid, anytime he has two weeks to prepare for somebody, he can put something good together. It'll be interesting how Sirianni handles all this. Um, I mentioned I, that last I week. This is all just, Sirianni. What's that? I mentioned that last week about how I love his youthful exuberance. He's going nuts on the sidelines. He's like playing to the camera if he sees it. I just hope that he can keep it together and keep his team focused and not over emotional for this ride. Yeah. I, I think this will really be a these are two high scoring offenses, good defenses. It's going to come down to a couple turnovers here or there. I expect a close game. Uh like you. I think if it would be a blowout, it would probably be the Eagles to win. Uh yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is this is a tough. I mean, two number ones for the first time I think since 2017 that the two ones yeah, were in it against each other. Man, there's just there's just so much that goes into this two 
just badass quarterbacks. I I, I don't know. I, I it's so tough. They they could play twenty times at each win ten. The right, well, yeah, and you you know what? You might be one hundred percent one hundred percent right there. The thing that lets me side with the Eagles is uh, two things. Number one is that if the Eagles go out there and decide if they can shut down Kansas City's passing game, uh, uh, listen, enormously tall task. If they can, I'm not sure the Chiefs are going to be able to run the ball on them if they absolutely had to. However, the Eagles can run or pass, right? They can do both of those things um, if need be. And the second thing would, number one being the Eagles can do both pass and run against the defense. So if the Kansas City shuts down one, they have the other to fall back on. Kansas City doesn't really have that. And then number two is just the Eagles defense in general. The Eagles defense is better than Kansas City's defense. Um, the offensive lines are, are both good. I think PFF had Philly as the number one offensive line. Kansas City is the number four, I think. Yeah, I saw that today. Yeah, so they're pretty even there. It's just those two things, I think, are going to help, hopefully, in my opinion, uh, help Philly get that victory for uh, their second Super Bowl in, what, five years? Yeah. So freaking irritating. Um. Do you, did you? I wrote down some keys to victory. Can I go over those with you? Tell me what you think. Yeah, knock yourself out. I, I looked awesome. at your keys briefly uh, okay. this afternoon. And that's an advantage you have when we go into these shows. Is I type up so a, a few show notes, and you get to go over them. You don't. You don't, I don't really go over them. I skim them real quick in the afternoon and move on with my life. That's so. So you you tell me you don't study you don't put them under your pillow and study them and I'm most definitely not. It's about. most of the time it's just foolishness anyway. Sure, I, sure. I'm pretty sure like that two of your three keys to victory for the for the Chiefs were the yes. exact same thing. I mean, so I mean, yeah. I'm just what I'm saying it's just shenanigans. <laughs> okay. You go to San Francisco, it's just shenanigans. That's fair. Um, victory for uh, the Eagles if they want to do that, they have to pressure Mahomes with four. I think you brought that up a couple shows ago. Like, it you know, it's not week, just. Yeah. That's how you shut down not, Bray. It's how you shut down Mahomes. Bring pressure with four so yes. you have seven back covering all those little angles. Yep. They need to keep the chains moving on offense. They got to keep Mahomes on the bench. And, and, you know, I'm not even talking about scoring a ton of points. Like, you don't have to score a touchdown on, on every drive, I don't think, to win this game. Just keep the chains moving. Let that defense rest. Let your big boys up front catch their breath so they can keep bringing heat. And then they need to win the turnover battle. The Chiefs were worse than Philly by a lot in terms of not only giving up turnovers, but also getting them. So if Philly can do those three things. I, I think they're they're sitting pretty. And then for the Chiefs, like you said, number one, I said they need to protect Mahomes. <laughs> and and honestly, if it, okay, I'll get to that in a second. So protect Mahomes. Number two, make splash plays. Because you don't really you have MVS, Kadarius Tony's hurt, Juju Smith Schuster's hurt. They they're going to have to make some big plays to stay to stick to stick in this and stay with the uh, with the Philly. But then my third key to victory is protect Mahomes. That's it. That's their squad. It's just like the the Patriots. If they can protect Brady, he's going to win you the game. If you can protect Mahomes, it's really tough uh, to to root against him or or to to you know. Put your money against him. He's I just think the uh, yeah, I just think the Eagles are going to be able to to rattle him. They're going to have to do it like the Bucks did a few years ago there because really he was just running for his freaking life. I think yes. I think in that game he set the NFL record for uh, yards run behind scrimmage. 
that year. Didn't well, there's he? one play where he ran like 82. Yes, it, <laughs> it was it was in the hundreds of yards of how many yards he was running for his life. And I, I'm pretty sure it was an NFL record. And they did it with four. He had nowhere to throw, nothing to do the whole game. Never had a chance to end those deep throws either because he just was running. Basically, get the ball. He was already two steps and he was running for his life. And, and, and the thing is, the Eagles, they had the players to do it. I mean, there's a reason that they're favored to win this game, and that's why. They have all the things that they have a better defense, not by a lot, but it is better, and they have a better running game. I don't think it's the Chiefs necessarily don't have a good running game. They just don't even try. They just don't even care. Sure. They just abandoned it about a quarter of the way through the season. Pacheco, we see him just bowling through people, but you give him seven carries. It makes little he sense. It's a Miles Sanders treatment sometimes. He does. The, but the thing is with Miles Sanders, though, they still run. They just don't let him run it. They give it to Gainwell and the bloody <laughs> boss and Scott. That's, the Chiefs just yeah, don't true. run. They just don't. <laughs> yeah. Their run is the short is the very short passing game. Um, All right. If the Eagles can can do this, they're good. So the over under is fifty one. Where are you going with that? Fifty one. Yeah. You know what's you know what's hilarious. My. My projection for this game, and I, 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 you know, scouts on or whatever, I did not know that was the the over under. My projection for this game comes exactly two fifty one. Oh wow! What is your projection? If I, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the over. What are you like twenty seven, twenty four, something like that? That's exactly my my prediction. Eagles I'm at thirty four, twenty seven Chiefs. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think All they're right. going to handle it this time. I think they're going to have some schemes to deal with that defensive pressure. Listen, Andy Reid's not a defensive guy, but he's a great head coach, man, and and he doesn't hire dummies. You know, if you look at no. the Andy Reid coaching tree, those guys leave him like a Doug Peterson we just saw with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Doug Peterson who won the Super Bowl with Philly a few years ago. Those guys know what they're doing, man. Yeah. So I've got obviously got the over, and I have, of course, Mahomes then probably most likely being MVP. Who's your MVP? Obviously, it's going to be an Eagle. Uh, yeah, I didn't go that far, but if if, if Eagles throw up twenty seven points and they win this thing, it's got to be Jalen Hurts. Unless here's my dark horse pick. If I had to go off, you know, flying off the handle here, Hassan Reddick, guy who you know in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. If he goes out here and gets two and a half, three sacks, forces a turnover, gets a turnover like he did last game, we could have that dark horse defensive uh, MVP, which I think has only happened, what, twice in Super Bowl history maybe? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't I'm happened sure. often. It doesn't it was happen often. One, the one dude for the Buccaneers that no one had heard of before or after, he had, what, two picks and one for a, for a touchdown? Oh, I yeah. Yeah, and then was it uh, like Bob Lilly or somebody for the Cowboys in like the seventies or something? Yeah, there's been. The Super Bowl I think there's MVP. been. I think there's been a couple more than that though, because um, I was actually looking I at a list today. Please do bring that up. Yeah. Um. So, I, I do find it interesting that um, I came, I hit, I hit the over under right on the on the head, but I, I want to share something with you that I'm not sure that you know actually. I'm not because we didn't really talk this week, but um. I've had a a bucket list item that I wanted to do. And if the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I always said that I was either going to go to the city the game was in or be in Philly for the game. 
And last time that the uh, Eagles made it to the Super Bowl, my, my girlfriend slash um, mother of my child was eight and a half months pregnant. And there was not a chance in this world that I was going to risk missing the birth of my son, not for my Eagles winning a title, not for anything. So I did not go. Uh, so this time around, she knew that uh, this this was a, a hope and, and dream of mine. So she actually got us uh, a spot to stay in Philly. So I'm going to be up in Philly this weekend uh, for the Super Bowl. So um, we'll see how it goes when I'm surrounded by tons and tons of people. Not really my thing as I age, but uh, we're, we're staying at the live casino in, in Philly. So we don't have to leave all of our food, our beverages, everything we need. Entertainment is all right there in the same building, which I like. Um, but I'm pretty pumped, man. I get to watch my Eagles surrounded by my my Philly brethren. And uh, hopefully we pull out a W. We were talking about this before the show, the my, the we, and how irritating Eagles fans are here in PA. And how the only really reason I want the Eagles to lose is all the idiots that I can't stand that run around wearing green all of a sudden. And then when I speak to them about it, tell them, you know, we do a show and they can't name three players on the team. So all I'll say is if they win, be wary of the greased up uh, light poles. I'm not leaving the casino, man. I'm staying right there, buddy. They might grease up some stuff in there. And if they lose, be wary of the flying batteries. Uh, yeah. If they lose, I'm going straight to my room. Here's a question. Are you going to answer your phone during the game, or is this going to be one of those... Uh, Not a chance. Not a chance. You are a piece of work. A piece of work. I know. We, we, right, you ready? we, my, my, my. Unbelievable. But at you, least it'll be cool to be up there. That's pretty neat. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. You ready to dig into our way, way... Oh, wait. Did you look up the, the Super Bowl MVPs? Yes. So Von Miller won in Super Bowl 50. Malcolm Smith for Seattle in 48. Uh, quite a few then. What's that? Well, there's at least twice as many as I thought. Yeah, Dexter Jackson was the one you were thinking about. That's it. And then Ray Lewis won it. And then there's a few other. Larry Brown at one point for Dallas. Richard. Oh, Hitch yeah, against the, the Steelers. It was 86. That was when. Bears. Yeah. That was when the Cowboys beat Neil O'Donnell and the Steelers. Yep. I remember that. Harvey Martin and Randy White for uh, Dallas. Randy White. That's who I was thinking uh, of. Jake Scott, safety for Miami in Super Bowl Seven. Chuck Howley, so Super Bowl Five linebacker for 10? Dallas. 10, 11-ish? About Something 10, like that. Yeah. About okay. 10 in there, yeah. That's good to know. I mean, that's, I wasn't even close. Yeah, I mean, um, it does good. happen. And we even had a kick returner, Desmond Howard, of course. Super yeah, Bowl 31 for, sure. for Green Bay. Oh, yeah. That was uh, the first time in... That was the first time that a opening kickoff wasn't that the opening kickoff? Yeah, yeah, he ran it back, set, yeah. set the two hundred forty-four all-purpose yards and that ninety-nine yard kick return TD. All right, sir. Way, way, way too early. Top five wide receivers. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Before we get into it, I do want to say that we there were only two guys who repeated <coughs> who had repeated top five performances from twenty twenty-one to twenty twenty-two, and only one from the year previous to that, from 2020 to 2021. So there aren't too many guys uh, that repeat. So keep that in mind whenever we're coming up with our list. Uh, I think I'm sure our number one is the same guy, and that's Justin Jefferson. Sure is. Come on now. 
wide receiver six, wide receiver four, wide receiver one last year, all since entering the NFL. He, he I mean, he's the best wide receiver in football. Most catches by wide receiver in his first two seasons, first three seasons probably. I know he has the most targets in the first three seasons of any uh, receiver in the NFL. He's only 23. He ran more routes than anyone last year. Number one in yards after the catch. A little surprising for me, but he was also number one in red zone targets. This is the guy. There's nobody else. If Kirk Cousins could just grow a little bit more uh, testicular fortitude. That's like, all right. It'd be, his numbers would be even better. But like we said, when a shutdown corner comes in, he just doesn't even bother throwing to him because Kirk's scared of him. Uh, so, JJ, I don't know how, barring injury, how do you not call him one? The only guy that's even in in his league is Cup. As far as not just skill, but also the opportunity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. And man, if Cooper Cup comes back and Matt Stafford, if they're both healthy, ooh, Cooper Cup could just take take off right where he left off. I have him at number that, two because it was a freak he, injury. He yep. ended up, at least in my format, twenty sixth, and he only played eight games. And he still is the number 26 receiver with only eight games. He missed more than half of the season. Yeah. I think he was wide receiver 24, 25 in my league in yeah. half point PPR. And that's he's a wide receiver too. He, he played half the season. Yeah, he played half the season. It's just freaking sickening. So I still the, have him at two until they, again, it's that, that thing I said last week, until it's proven otherwise, I, I don't. You know, it's an injury he's going to come back from. Apparently, his rehab's going great, and I don't really see the offense changing much. I think uh, Kellen Moore, if anything, he might even get more opportunities because they don't really have much else to throw to. Yeah, the, the the only thing that scares me with Jefferson is when he had a low, it was really low. That's good. I mean, we're talking wide receiver 44 yeah. one week, 76 one week, yeah. wide receiver 53, including the, 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 including the playoffs, fantasy playoffs. Wide receiver 17. 87 in week 17. Kirk wouldn't throw to him. Insane. Just didn't bother. Uh, Cup was your two. He's my three, although I wouldn't be surprised if by the time the season came around, he was my wide receiver too. I mean, hell, if, if Cooper Cup comes out and in the preseason – he is who he was. I might push him up to one because yeah. he was wide receiver one two seasons ago by almost seventy points. I mean, this is Travis Kelsey domination in your position, right? I mean, it's no one's even in the ballpark seventy points. If you average twenty points a game, he beat you by three and a half games. Yeah. You know, yeah. crazy. Uh, he still had the highest points per game of any wide receiver this year before getting hurt. And he was wide receiver four in 2019. So it's not like it's not like this is new ground for him. He's been here before. He played in, in the eight full games he played, he never had less than 16 fantasy points. That is if you if your wide receiver one got you 16 fantasy points every single week, you're not super pumped, but you're not that upset. But he never went below that ever. Uh, he had at least 100 yards receiving and or a touchdown in six of those eight. It's just, man, It Stafford comes back, he stays healthy, and, and Cup is healthy. He could be wide receiver one. That We could be doing this next year, he and he's be. our wide receiver one again. 
he just like JJ, actually more than JJ, it's not just skill, but it's volume on top of it. And a lot of other offenses, yeah. there'd be a, a viable guy, which is like my number three. I think you're number two coming up, Chase. Yeah. He's got all the skill in the world. He's got the guy who's like maybe the future of the quarterback position, but he also has T. Higgins, which mm-hmm. cuts into his 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 ceiling volume. just a little yeah, bit. Sure. Yeah. And Schubert Cup does the Devontae Adams thing and the Travis Kelsey thing, where the opposing team knows that you are all they have, and yet somehow Still you are like completely seven yards on every play in the middle of the field. There's yeah. no one around you. And the thing is that it's no not one. just his route running, it's not just his hands, but the dude just puts his head down like McCaffrey, and they're just gone. The, the his speed, his football speed is so much. Yes. Farther yes. ahead than his 40 yes. speed, all that combine crap that doesn't really mean anything. The dude yes. just outruns everybody. I played football in college with a guy. He ran, he was our strong safety. He ran, I don't like maybe a 4740 um, slow. He was an all American at strong safety. Yeah. On the field, in those pads, there's nobody faster than him. I ran a 44440 and he would pass me on the field. It was, un, it was uncanny. I have no idea. This guy was so wild, and that's exactly what Cooper Cup does. Yeah, he's a beast. And I don't know how they're wide open. I, I, so I know I mentioned you and I will be talking about it. We'll be watching the game. It's like, why? How is he oh, just God. seven yards open? Why? What is going on here? And it's not just he once, wants- like a busted scheme. It's like this play, and then two plays later, and then two plays after that, he just nobody were close to him. The, these guys catch a pass, and they're the only guy in the screen. I know it's you know watching game on TV. It's true. It's like watching Trail and Burks yeah. in, in freaking in college. Didn't pan out as well this year. Yes. So he had right. some moments, but he looked right. the same in college. It's like nobody's let's just let that guy go. We'll we'll cover yeah. everybody else and see if they can beat us with the get, best guy on the field. And that's why so he that's was my a, number one wide receiver coming out. Brilliant because if you strategy. could do that, yeah. Um, my number two, like you mentioned, in your three, I guess Jamar Chase. Kind of feels like cheating because if he hadn't missed four games, he would definitely have been there. I mean, he like I said, he missed actually he missed five games. He was still wide receiver matters. eleven. That matters. People uh, being her mercy. You're right. There's a reason right. these there, there's never a whole bunch of or that there's so much turnover in the top five every year because it's a handful, like a month of missed games or eight missed mm-hmm. games or even just two missed games is enough to put you at seventh instead of fifth. Right. Uh, his points per game, he would have been a top five receiver this game or this year. He was wide receiver five two years ago. He's got a great offense. Um, you had mentioned T. Higgins, and yes, T. Higgins, you know, takes some targets and things from him, but it also takes some heat off of him. Does. It's tough to double team anyone in in the Bengals offense because you, I mean, you don't want T. Higgins running free, and you don't want just or uh, Jamar Chase running free either. Chase was third in red zone targets, which is big time because he missed five games, right? Yeah. So and still being third in red zone targets, they. Burrow looks for him uh, in the painted grass. And uh, yeah, but again, the reason he suffers, he does score a lot. He really does. But he only had, because of T. Higgins and because of Tyler Boyd, too, he only had 400 yard games. Yeah. He only had double digit receptions twice. And those were only 10. He never had more than 10 receptions a game because. They don't need him to be that guy. I agree with you completely that also having two of the top 10 receivers in the league helps them both, but it does cut into the overall fantasy production of both. 
is a big play guy. And he if is. you remember, if you remember coming in um to this season, I had Jamar Chase. He he was most folks wide receiver two coming in or three, somewhere around there. And I think I had him at five or six. You did because you thought there's no way he'd be able to repeat that number of touchdowns. Right. And guess or, or just big plays in general. Yeah. And guess and guess what? He he did for the most part right as long as he was healthy so look fool me once you know shame on you but you ain't gonna fool me twice i'm on board man i mean he had a thousand yards receiving he had more catches this year than he did last year in five less games yeah so 12 games i know i'm on board man uh i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna let him trick me or i'm not gonna let myself trick myself again is that what happened self trick yourself the things you come up with are just—I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm not going to be wrong on Jamar Chase again, or unless unless he proves me wrong, and then that's you know whatever. But um, I'm rolling with him. How about your wide receiver four? So four, I've got a guy, Mr. C.D. Lamb, who ended up about what six or seventh, eighth, uh, six for me in my in league. Point. He ended up yes, six also through seven seventeen weeks. Um. But I'm pretty sure the final nine weeks of the season, he was either one or two. He uh, Dak, out, Once buddy. Dak came back, man, he just throws to him. He peppers him, peppers him. Uh, the first half of the year, he didn't even have a 100-yard game. Didn't even have double-digit receptions. Second half, he had 11, 10, 11, 1, 2, 3, 4, 500-yard games. Five one, games, two, yep. three, four, five touchdowns. Even threw in a couple rushes. I think that that offense will go more and more through him. I'm still scared a little bit of McCarthy, but I think with McCarthy's job on the line, them tagging Pollard, Zeke taking a pay cut, I think they're going to throw the ball to him endlessly, if not only so McCarthy can keep his job. So when I did my show notes and came up with this, it was, I I think, two weeks ago. I, I tried to get ahead of the ball game here. And if I were going to do it today, C.D. Lamb's my wide receiver five, by the way. So we had we were very close here. It scares me a bit. Now, obviously, we have a long, long way until August and September. But for reasons that you stated, one of the things I wrote in my notes was that C.D. Lamb has a really good offensive coordinator who moves him all over the formation and schemes the ball to him. I mean, C.D. Lamb runs out of the slot. I don't have the numbers. I bet it's close to how many times he run, he lines up out wide. I mean, okay. they they put him in situations where he is going to succeed. Okay, that's how he dominated the Eagles. You got two great corners outside. Put him in the slot, right? Awesome. Awesome move by, by them. They fired their offensive coordinator. Kellen Moore's gone. He's with the Chargers now. And who do they bring in? Brian Schottenheimer. Okay. What does he do? Runs the football. Who's calling the plays now? Mike McCarthy. Oh, my gosh. This scares me. Honestly, I bet by the time the season rolls around, I I move C.D. Lamb down. Hopefully they go out and get a – well, not hopefully as an Eagles fan, but as far as fantasy goes, hopefully they go out and get a better wide receiver too um, because I don't see them putting him in the slot and scheming him open like the previous regime did with Kellen Moore. They're going to need someone to take heat off of him because teams are going to double-team bracket coverage. The running game I worry about, like as far as 
you know, one thing we liked about the Bengals and those receivers is that they had a running game to open up the passing game, right? Those things work in tandem. I'm not sure the Cowboys are going to have that next year. Now, Pollard, maybe we'll see coming back from a pretty serious injury. Zeke is going downhill every single year. I know, I know, but still top, top, what uh, running back one, right? No matter what. Um, but man, but I don't see, know, I'm man. with you to a point, but even McCarthy, as ridiculous he is, he sees what works here and he knows his job is going to be on the line. They are expected to win next year. He's going, I don't care if they make the playoffs again and go one or win one game and then they're out. He's going, I, I just can't see him not going down, you know, fighting with every last thing. And the best player on your team is right there. Sure. I mean, it, it, we're going to have to see how this goes, but, uh, Dak loves throwing. I don't think it's going to be as drastically different of an offense as, as what we're thinking. Well, I just think McCarthy will make – I think McCarthy generally will call good plays, but where he struggles is when you really need something intelligent, something smart, something changed. He really struggles when it matters most. That's when he falls apart, whether it's calling plays, clock management, personnel. He falters when it matters yes. most. But I can still see this guy throwing up 110 catches for 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. So C.D. Lamb, um, out between the 20s and outside of two-minute two minute drills is going to be great. That's what you're telling me. Well, I'm not saying he'll be horrible in those moments. I'm saying that McCarthy sometimes yeah. uh, just gets a little ahead of himself and does some stupid things. But uh, we'll hey, see. Who's your last guy? I uh, well, I'm sticking with my number five, Amen Ross St. Brown. It's my boy. That offense is going to be even better. Right? We talked last week. Some people are predicting him to be the number one offense in the league next year. But I think Jameson Williams coming back is going to just take a little heat off of him. He is going. Yes. He's in the slot. Yes. He just endless catches. Golf and him have, obviously have a rapport. And if he hadn't missed a few games this year, he would have been top five, and I would have been right. But injuries count, so I wasn't. They do. Uh, so when I was thinking about this list and a day or two ago, I decided that C.D. Lamb's probably not going to be on it. I started thinking about who would probably replace him. And I hate to say it, but it will probably would be Amon St. Brown, uh, especially with Jamison Williams coming back. I think that's I think you underplayed that when you just spoke about it, because, yes, they had D.J. Chark. But our defense is really afraid of DJ Chark. I don't think so. Our, our defense is afraid of a guy that. What, what did you say during a show a couple of weeks ago? J- Jameson Williams had three touches and they were all for touchdowns. Yeah, I mean two, two, and two one of them, two. two plays, well, two no, touchdowns. 40, no, but one of them was a rush. Didn't he have a rush for a touchdown? Yeah, it was a forty-yard touchdown rush and a forty-one-yard touchdown okay. catch. God, I thought he had two receiving touchdowns. My my apologies, uh, but regardless, he is going to be. F- Fully healthy, and he is. If you don't watch him over the top, he will burn you no matter what. He could end up and being the steal of last year's draft. The absolute. I mean, it would be thievery. It could be. Yeah. Uh, and good. And good for the Lions. But uh, I think that opens up so much for Amon Ra. I really, really do. Both of us liked him coming out. Um, and he's, he's his skill set is so perfect for Jared Goff. The little guy running across the field. He's always yeah. there. Jared Goff's under pressure. My my, you know, my first read is covered. What do I do? I look up. Oh, there he is, the sun god. Always open, the- always run where he's supposed to be and catches freaking 
great hands. And that first great guy hands. doesn't make a tackle, it might be bye-bye. That's right. Uh, and for me, I'm, the guy that lives in the top five is Devontae Adams. He's my wide receiver four. He's been a top five wide receiver for the last five years. He is, um, or the only year he wasn't, he only played in 12 games. Uh, but even then he was wide receiver seven in points per game. So he was close. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Jarrett Stidham, Shane Falco. I don't care who this guy's quarterback is. He gets it done. You could argue if you were starting a team and you had to pick the league's best wide receiver, you could, there's an argument. It's him. Just in general, just overall, as, as no matter as what. skill set and yeah, Correct. route running, yep. catching. Yep. He gets 100 targets in his sleep. This guy can take over a game. We even saw it this year with the Raiders. Just absolutely take – he had seven games of over 27 fantasy points. Seven. Yeah, but that's Ooh. that's where I was going to come. He had a bit of a roller coaster year because he also had one, two, three, four, five games under nine. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, and and look, you made a good point off air because you said you did not have Devontae Adams. And why was that? Don't know who's throwing to him. That's right. So that's going to be it. That's what we're going to see. Now, it's going to be very difficult after seeing him with, you know, Jarrett Stidham and Derek Carr, who, I mean, he's okay, but he's not the best quarterback in the league. See who they get in there. But it's going to be real tough. For me, I mean, if they have if they roll Nick Mullins out there week one, then yeah, I'll drop him out of my top five. But other than that, it's going to be tough for me to take him out. Yeah, yeah, and I might, I, I most likely will move him up when I find out who's thrown to him. The whole Brady retiring thing really threw a cog in the next. So many people, the odd, the odds on in Vegas were that he'd either uh, stay with the Bucks or go to the Raiders to get back with Josh McDaniels. So uh, that's going. Will Rogers maybe get traded there, or is he going to? You know, right now he's in this um, no sound, no light. Uh, uh, yeah, the darkness es- retreat. Escape for four days to figure out if he wants to play football anymore. So that, he- that's going to be so big. But yeah, the guy's a monster. It's hard to doubt him. I'm still a little worried about the up and down thing, but that's as much about the Raiders as anything. If they can get yeah. somebody decent in, how can you not have in your top six or seven? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, before we get out of here, do you have anything nope. else? Yeah, I got to throw talk. one at you like I do every week. All right, go ahead. You, you one first. guy that you have that that nobody in the world like I did Amon Ra last year with five, and you did rip me a new one over it, but I was almost right. One guy you think that could make a splash and end up top five? Can I cheat? I don't know how you could cheat. All you're doing is naming a name. Are you uh, naming if somebody I say, that doesn't exist, or are you, are you implying you have a time machine or looking at next year's stats? What if I say Calvin Ridley? Why is that cheating? I don't know, because he, I mean, who is thinking of Calvin Ridley? Because he was suspended for the well, year. That's the whole thing. That's what I'm saying. Somebody that's just off the radar for being top five. No, I'll I take love it that, because I, I got yeah, him for good. $2, $3 next year in my league of record. I, I applaud you i i pray that your soothsaying ways are correct <laughs> look uh trevor lawrence is not getting any worse and doug peterson obviously has shown he's a great mm-hmm. coach you got christian kirk running out of the slot all over the place taking uh taking some heat off of you and calvin ridley showed he could do it 
I think he was, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was a top five receiver. Uh, he's been one in his career. He was as the far year as he, Yeah, gave up. Yeah. yeah. So I was saying you read something the other day about his numbers were like a top three dude between two seasons of you take these games like the second half of one season, first half the next, that he was just unstoppable. So, dude, I pray that you're right. <laughs> well, good. I mean, I'm glad you like. Actually, yeah, he was uh, in 2020. He was wide receiver four. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, and Calvin Ridley. Yep. So I have three guys I want to mention real quick. We don't have to stay long on them. One of them's Judy with Sean Payton. We talked about it before the show. Here's Mm -hmm. a guy, man, if he can make him into Mike Thomas, I know they don't quite play the exact same position, but wow, could that take off. Another one, Garrett Wilson. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, which there's a, it seems like we're steamrolling maybe towards that, just like his buddy Favre went there. Um, We'll have to see. Of course, I guess he went to the Vikings first and then the Jets, or is it the Jets then the Vikings? I think it was Vikings first. Isn't it interesting how their careers are just mirroring each other? So weird. Um, Favre got Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers might be getting Aaron Rodgers by by Jordan Love, and they yeah. both might end up in the Jets. I love the it. The endless, the endless retirement rumors. Yes, it's um, so great. If Aaron Rodgers starts sending pictures of his junk to reporters, yeah. then they're going to be in the freaking same stratosphere. Now, another one, then one more. And Gary Wilson came out. If you saw, he put it on uh, Twitter either yesterday or today. That he he's actively recruiting Rogers. He wants to come. He said, even if it's for one year, the things we can do. And he said, the things he can teach me for the future, like please come. But I got one more outside one, and this guy is this is based on the rumors of today that the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr are in talks. Mister Chris Olave, but Derek Carr's not great. No, he's not great, but he's good. Look what your boy. Look what your boy threw up Adams this year. Derek Carr's a good, solid quarterback. And when you have a receiver like him, which is much better than having Jameis or the or the red rifle throwing to you, or freaking what's the tight end that throws once in a while? You know, all those guys throwing to him. Asim Hill. Yes. All of a sudden, Alave has 110 catches, 1,400 yards, and nine touchdowns. And could squeak in again. We're looking about guys on the outside. I'm not saying that yeah. I, I'm sitting here now and I'm going to bet my mortgage on on that. But that's I think that's a good situation because Derek Carr is a way better quarterback than what he gets credit for. I don't know why he gets so much crap. Well, he certainly doesn't do it in in uh, as far as a fantasy perspective goes. He's he's a little up and down, but he's still a good, solid quarterback, and I think that could drastically improve that offense. And uh, Mr. Lave could have a big year. Got to stay healthy, too. Stay away from the concussions. Yeah. I, uh, just so you know, heads up, I, I, I couldn't help myself. I got started digging into film. I, uh, I've gotten about maybe 10 or 11 guys who have broken down their film already. These uh, draft uh, hopefuls coming out. And uh, I've started I'm excited, too. Man. I've got a really? name for you. Wait, you do, a- hold on. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. You don't do this until about mid-March. Yeah. So what is happening? What's I had to because so? the name came out. And then I had to start looking at him and a couple other people. Okay. What do you know about a Mr. Tyson Badgent? I haven't got to him yet. Have you heard of him, though? I have. 
So his dad is considered one of the like top three arm wrestlers of all time, world history. Right. Right. Do I you did know hear the that. school Mr. Ty- Tyson Biden goes to? Oh, come on. I just saw this like three days ago. How Not off the top of my head. You have to remember. It's my alma mater, Shepherd University. Um, he goes to Shepherd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's quarterback, right? He is a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the I know exactly all-time yeah. NCAA leader now in touchdown throws. 159 touchdowns. Yeah. 6'3", 210, threw for just under 17,000 yards and a 69% completion uh, uh, rate for, for his career. I'm and at you. talking, he might go as early as the fifth round, and I've seen numerous mm. things today mm-hmm. that have him going to Seattle as Gina Smith's he, backup. He went to the uh, the Senior Bowl, didn't he? Didn't he get invited he did to the, go to the Senior Bowl, Bowl? And he dominated, yeah. and he also has been invited to the Combine. I got one for you. Holton Ehlers. Don't know him. Yeah. ECU's quarterback right here in Greenville, buddy. Yeah. He he played well. He's like ECU's career leader in a lot of stuff for quarterbacks. He's from – he went to high school here in Greenville too. Stayed there with the ECU. Yeah, this guy went to Martinsburg. So Right. So they end up – he goes to the Birmingham Bowl, something like that. One of the bowl games for ECU dominates as the MVP. And like, okay – We'll send you, and I'm going to talk about him. This is going to happen in a later show, but he goes to a, one of these all star games in like Honolulu, Hawaii. Guess who's the game's MVP? Bang, him. So they're like, okay, we'll send you to this other all star game. Bang, MVP again. Three in a row for him. So is this a draftable guy or is this a guy that's going to probably be a UDFA? He wasn't. Because I, have a not seen, I guy. haven't seen his name. Right. But after back to back to back, MVPs in these bowl games and all star games. Uh, his name's being floated around there as a possible draft draft pick. So good, good for him. I love it. You know, good hometown story. He st- he stayed here, and um, I'm rooting for the kid. Yeah, he'll be like Tyson Tyson Badger here. They're saying he's going to be an RPO type quarterback, but he's really going to need at least a year, if not two, riding the pines, playing with the practice squad, and learning the speed of the NFL because the fact is as great as he was and all these NCAA records he set, they made the semis of division two this year. Division two football is not the NFL. 100%. Yeah. So he's going to need some time, but man, I, I couldn't believe that a dude from Martinsburg that went to my alma mater rinky dink school of in, in Shepherdstown, West Virginia is most likely going to be drafted in the top five or six rounds. Yeah. Holton is six, four, two 30. Um, okay. He's 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 a big boy and he can he can run it, man. He's tough to bring down. And he's Very lefty, good. which is which is Very cool. good. All right, sir. I'm excited, man. I, I get on these film. I'm as soon as we get off here, I'm going downstairs and I'm gonna be watching some more guys on film. I maybe, almost maybe get more excited about the draft than I do the actual season. The season is nothing but headaches and nightmares and panic. The draft is actually fun. I wish we would go to it. We, oh, dude, we have to. What I don't even know where it is here. I was just getting ready to ask you. Well, I hey, don't know, if but we, we can definitely look have to into go. it. I'd, I'd gladly go, man. I think it'd be awesome. awesome. I'll, I'll gladly go down there for a few days and and let all my tennis, everything else, can do its own thing. The girl could stay with her mom. I, I'm on it. I, I'd love to go. Awesome. awesome. We, it, if not this year, sometime soon. Well, I say we just make it happen. What, what's with all this if all right. BS? Let's do. Okay. Sounds like you're all playing right. me the fool. Don't talk about it, be about it. Let's do it. 
Awesome. Thank you all for listening. What does that come oh, from? Man. I don't know. My heart. Check us out. Facebook. Um, where are we at? Spotify, YouTube. Get your bell on football podcast. You guys are awesome. Uh, if you got questions, stuff, hit us up, man. Throw, throw, throw some comments, questions out there. Uh, let's do it. Let's chat. All right, Kevin. You're the man. Hey, I'll see you later. later.